Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago. And in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. Friday nights in Missoula, the Grizz playing? Hell yeah, it is. Welcome in. Nuanas now. ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television. I'm Coulter Nuanas. My good buddy, Rajim Seabrook, joining me in studio. It is the Northwest Motorsports Studio. Northwest Motorsport, you can find the largest inventory of trucks anywhere in the Pacific Northwest. Visit nwmsrocks.com. That's nwmsrocks.com. Usually... We're doing our pregame show before Grizz games, but this sort of works out exactly how it works out because two different factors. Because it's a playoffs, we didn't have our tailgate spot available, but also because the game is at 7, we figured, well, how are we going to do Nuanas now and a pregame show? Let's just make them the same thing. So this is the ESPN Twisted Tailgate Show as well as Nuanas now. So we appreciate 
each and every one of our great sponsors. We had six awesome pre- and post-game shows during the regular season for Grizz football, and we couldn't have done it without the Badlander, Twisted T, Silway Armory, Carl Tyler Chevrolet, RV Truck Sales, Ryan Holloway and Miller, Pepsi-Cola of Missoula, and Alpine Touch. Ton to get to today because we're rolling right into the football game. Eastern Washington, the fourth-ranked team in the football championship subdivision in Missoula for a rematch against the sixth-seeded Montana Grizzlies, a team riding a five-game winning streak and coming off perhaps their lar- their biggest win of the season other than the one that they opened the season with at the University of Washington. Huge win for the Grizz two weeks ago, 29-10 over Montana State, and they take a lot of momentum in the playoffs. But Eastern, they got big-time chip on their shoulder. They won nine games this season. They beat the Grizz. They did not get a bye. So they had to play in the first round last week. And uh, if you listen to one, Talolo Limu Jones, their All-American receiver, they thought they got slided. So we're going to get you all set up for that game. We're also going to talk about tomorrow's game in Bozeman as well. Montana State, they pulled the eight seed despite that loss to the Grizzlies. So they also had a bye last week. They played Tennessee Martin. The Skyhawks play in their second game ever in the Mountain Time Zone, only their third game ever west of the Mississippi, and only their third playoff game in the history of the program. UTM, they had a program first last week, a 32-31 win at Missouri State. First postseason win ever for Tennessee Martin. So they take on the Bobcats tomorrow. We'll also take you around the entire FCS and uh, talk about all the matchups across the best version of NCAA football. And I mean that only by the playoff format that is being employed. I think the 16-team playoff like right now, I think 24 with the FCS is at too much. I think that where we're at right here, right now, moving forward, 16 teams, it's a beautiful thing. So uh, we'll get you all set up for all that as well. A lot of guests to hear from today. Aaron Best, Eastern Washington head coach. He and I caught up earlier this week, so he will join us here in about 15 minutes. We also have some uh, sound bites for, for you from Bobby Houck, the head coach of Montana, Cam Humphrey, senior quarterback for the Grizz, and Omar Hicks Anu, senior cornerback for Montana. We also have a little bit of sound from Brian Holzinger, the Lady Grizz head coach. They won their first conference game last night, so he is now 1-0 Big Sky Conference play, leading that Montana program, and they are 6-1 and overall. So Lady Grizz much improved from the last couple of years, at least early on here. So we'll also give you an update on all things Big Sky hoops as well. And then we'll hear from Brent Vegan, too, Montana State head football coach. What's up, my man? How you living? It's Friday. I'm alive. The heat wave is almost over in Missoula. Right. Jeez. Um, I'm well, man. Happy to be back in the saddle. The the holiday bump out has uh, made me miss you. No question, man. I, 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 I drop it into the neighborhood every Friday. <laughs> hey, I love, I love having you here. Uh, it is weird, right? Like, we had a text, for, a text from one of our uh, loyal listeners. He texted me the other day during the show. He said, listen to you on the way home from the golf course. I walked nine holes and I was sweating. Because it was like 68 degrees. I've never heard of 68 degrees in December playing golf in short sleeves in Montana. It's wild. Yeah, my son asked me the other day. He's like, Dad, can I just go out in my sweatshirt? And, like, I hadn't been outside, you know, in a minute. And I'm looking at him with the dad look like, boy, you can't afford to get sick. Like, no. And <laughs> right? then he was like, but, Dad. And I just said, you know, something about the way he said it. And I went outside. There were dandelions out on the lawn. Like, just straight. It was like it was April. And I swear, Coulter, I don't know if it was just my mind playing tricks on me, like I was part of the Ghetto Boys or something, <laughs> but it looked like there were little buds on a tree again. Like it, yeah, it was for just, sure. it was a weird, it was a weird phenomenon, my friend. It definitely was a weird phenomenon. If you want to stream this show, watch it, listen to it, any other form besides maybe what you're doing right now on the radio or on the television, 
You can get it always on your mobile apps, on our station website, 1029ESPN.com. Or you can always stream us on YouTube as well. The Nuana's Now YouTube channel trying to build that thing up. So please go subscribe to that as well. You want to be a part of the show? Call us or text us 406-888-1029. That's 406-888-1029. Let's dive into some initial thoughts on this football game tonight. First of all, this is the second night game on a Friday in the playoffs at Washington Grizzly Stadium ever. This has only happened twice. The Grizz have played probably close to about 10 night games in the playoffs. Now, I remember when I was in college, the Grizz didn't have lights yet, but if you made it to the semis, ESPN would bring in lights. In lights, yeah. Yeah, so like UMass in 2006 was under the lights. I remember that. Uh, App State 2009 yep. was under the lights. Um, but this is only the second time the Grizz have played under the lights at Washington Grizzly Stadium on a Friday night. The first time... In the quarterfinals of the FCS playoffs in 2011, the Grizz beat the brakes off of Northern Iowa 48-10 to to punch a ticket to the semifinals. Ended up losing by a field goal to eventual national runner-up Sam Houston that year. But it's been a full 10 years. So uh, tonight is going to be a pretty fun one down at Washington Grizzly Stadium. Not quite a sellout yet when I was hearing yesterday, but it sounds like they're going to have 23,000-plus fans. So, I mean, that's one of the key factors in this game, right, is just the the atmosphere on a wild Friday night in the Garden City. Well, that and playoff football back in Missoula, like that's just—I mean, it's it's the it's the greatest present before Christmas. And uh, I I'm—I'll be honest, Coulter, I'm sad that we don't have more night games because I think if we did, we probably have more sellouts and more raucous crowds than we already do. But playoffs are back in the in the Garden City. Looking forward to it. Uh, I think people are going to trickle in, listening to people today at work that traditionally don't even go to Grizz games. Sure, are going to this game. Yeah, no doubt. This is all football all the time, presented by Brett's RV and Marine. Brett's RV and Marine has a gift for you this holiday season. Unwrap the savings. Over 1,500 new and top-quality pre-owned boats and RVs. Our friends at Brett's RV and Marine are the largest RV boat dealerships in five states. Not just this state, but the entire Northwest region. The Brett's family has owned and operated their stores since 1967, providing exceptional service for over 54 years. Call 833-BRETTS-RV, shop online 24-7 at brettsrv.com or visit one of their four locations, including here in Missoula, 4800 Grant Creek Road. Rematches are rare in the playoffs when you get to play a team in the regular season and then play them again in the postseason. Montana head coach Bobby Houck has done this. This will be his fifth time, though. This only happened 11 times for Big Sky Conference teams, and almost half of them have involved one Bobby Houck. Back in 2004... Montana went to Sam Houston State and lost 41-29, came back in the playoffs, beat the pants off Sam Houston in the semifinals here in Missoula to punch a ticket to the first national championship game that they went to under Coach Houck. 2008, the only Grizz Big Sky Conference loss between 2006 and 2009 came at Weber State in 08. A rainy Saturday, I'll never forget it. I was living with some guys that played for the team. I remember watching it uh, and being, it was so weird that they lost because it, that was at the moment in time when they had not lost. They they literally ran through the big sky four years in a row. The only time they lost was that game at Weber. But then, sure enough, later on in the playoffs, Weber comes back to town, Montana, takes them to the woodshed. And uh, this, is, this also happened in 2005. People maybe forget this. Montana beat a great Cal Poly team, a team that was ranked third in the country here in Missoula. That Cal Poly team came back to Missoula, beat Montana in the first round of the playoffs, and then the most recent one was actually the last time the Grizz went to the playoffs in 2019. 
That team beat Weber State the first weekend in November, last regular season home game for the Grizz that year. And then the Grizz had to go to Ogden, and they lost 17-10. So that's actually a pretty good parallel in where the Grizz beat Weber and then had to go to Weber, and Weber gets the revenge. That's exactly what happened in this Eastern Montana matchup, but the other way around. Eastern Washington beat Montana the first weekend of October, 34-28, and now the Eagles have to come here. So what do you think of that element of this game? Eastern beat Montana, and they had the exact same record at the end of the year, and Montana gets the seed, Eastern doesn't. If I was Eastern, I would feel very slighted that I have to come to Missoula this week. I would feel slighted and happy that I'm not going across the country at the same time. So beware, That's probably true. beware what, you, what you ask for, because sometimes when you get it, you don't want it anyway. What I would say to, to in my response to your question, Coulter, is that three-game stretch post the UW game was weird. For Montana. For Montana. Yeah, they and came I, home, played under the lights against Western Illinois, crushed them, and then they hit the doldrums. It was so strange. They were they continued to win, but they didn't look good at all in certain elements of the game. And I think, you know, when you look at the score of the game, the score of the game is not the tail of the game. I think Montana has since gotten a little healthier, gotten some guys back at key positions, which adds depth. They are a better team now than they were at that juncture and when they first met Eastern Washington. Are they going to be able to shake that loss that they took in Cheney? Are they going to be able to build off of what they've had for the last three games, uh, you know, two-game homestand here? I'm not sure. What I do know is it's going to be a much better played game and hopefully a better coached game as well. No question. I thought that was actually probably one of the most surprising elements of this. I thought Montana was going to go to Eastern and win, and when they were sitting there up 21-10 with 11 minutes to go, I was feeling very vindicated. But then the one and only Eric Berrier, who I think is almost guaranteed to win the Walter Payton Award this year, he's been out of his mind. If, if Eastern, here's what's at stake for Barry in terms of his legacy. If Eastern can win tonight, that would get Barry one more game. And that actually puts the all-time total yardage record and the all-time passing record in the history of FCS football at the, on the table for him. He's already broken Matt Nichols' record at Eastern, which anybody that's followed Eastern, the best quarterback in the big sky almost always is at Eastern Washington. So, so, so to break their all-time passing record, unbelievable. Uh, but that was the turntable in Cheney was... Barry just going nuts, and Eastern scored 24 points in eight minutes, and boom, all of a sudden they go from getting whooped to the victors. And that's kind of how they roll. You can't let them get rolling. You can't. That's that's not a that's a, that's called a downhill vehicle. Like once it gets rolling, you're not going to stop it unless it stops itself. So it'll be interesting to see how Montana is able to recalibrate post loss to Eastern Washington. It is it'd be interesting to. See if Eastern Washington, like you said moments ago, Coulter comes with the chip on his shoulder. But uh, I, I think with that chip on his shoulder, Grizz going to Jay-Z mode, and you knock that dirt, clear it off the shoulder. One word, four letters. Next. <laughs> you are such an awesome linguist. Rajiv Zebra in studio with me, Coulter Duanas. Omar X Anu, a welcome addition to the Grizz defense. He's been very good at cornerback this year. I actually think it's it's very interesting. I was thinking about this the other day. Justin Ford was a man possessed this year. He rolled up so many stats. He won Big Sky Conference Newcomer of the Year. His eight interceptions lead all of Division I college football. He had multiple defensive touchdowns. He's spectacular. He's a great player, first-team all-league performer. But part of his success is how good Omar Hicks Anu and Corbett Walker have been. Omar Hicks Anu, his ability to set the edge as a cornerback is so paramount for Montana's defense. And Corbett Walker, he didn't have any stats this year. Want to know why? 
Because Spiel never no threw it. throws to him. They don't throw him at all. He only had 14 tackles because he's a, such a good cover guy. So I actually thought those guys were kind of underrated. I was surprised Hicks Anu didn't get some sort of all-league recognition. I didn't think he was a first-team guy only because Montana landed Patrick O'Connell and Robbie right, Houck. Right. I mean, they got so many first-team guys. But I thought he would he was worthy of it because he's a very good player. To me, he's he's one of the most unheralded. Like, zero like zero is a zero for, for a reason. As in, no fly zone. As in, this kid, is a, he's a shutdown dude. Yeah, exactly. And, and for him to not get his, I, what I feel is his just due, I, I feel like he was snubbed, brother. I, I, that was a snub because number zero is number one in my heart. I like that kid. Omar Hexanu on the rematch against Eastern Washington from earlier this week. Yeah, it's, it's actually it's, it's pretty cool because you know when you watch them on film and you haven't played them yet, it's kind of like it's kind of like okay when we play them, I wonder how it's going how it's going to feel being out on the field, how fast they really play, how strong they are. So since we actually have a feel for them now, it's gonna be it's gonna be a whole lot. Uh, I'm not gonna say easier, but it's gonna go a whole lot smoother. In, in the in the corner room, we love it. We love all the screens. We love deep shots. So we, we're just gonna keep doing. What we've been doing this whole year. If they if they want to throw a screen, we're gonna go demolish it. If they want to throw a deep ball, we're just gonna make sure it's not caught. You mentioned it too, Rajim, the start to the uh, conference season for Montana, and you could kind of sort of see some issues bubbling in terms of their offensive execution and lack of offensive uh, creativity uh, pretty early on. Uh, but probably the first time that it peaked was in the game against Eastern Washington for Montana. Cam Humphrey really started to struggle right then, and then he got hurt. And uh, so then they just struggled on offense across the board because they had a freshman in Chris Brown. And then when Humphrey came back, he I think he's actually been much better since he came back. It seems like he learned some stuff while he was watching from the sideline. Uh, I, I would agree with that. I think he's come back. He's been a bit more solid. He hasn't been making just, I would say, careless mistakes. A little bit more, he's been more aggressive, too, Assertive. Right? I wouldn't right. necessarily say aggressive. I would say he's been more assertive. But I think part of that assertiveness, or as you would say, aggressiveness, might also be coming from having some trust from the coaching staff. We've seen a couple more deep balls. Uh, the running game has come alive. So there's a bit more ability to be comfortable and, 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 and get kind of set for Cam. Uh, the other thing is I like seeing, or not, I don't want to say seeing, but feeling that Bobby is allowing him to maybe play what Cam Humphrey plays better than him trying to adjust to the system. Yeah, that's true, too. And they've also thrown the ball over the middle of the field a little bit more. I think the yes. emergence of Cole Grossman has been big. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see where we're at. But here's what Cam Humphrey had to say about the rematch against Eastern Washington. You know, watching a team on film, you don't really have a full understanding of what they're going to do or how they're going to play. But, um, you know, and going at them a second time, you really have a good feel of their players, their play style, and their scheme. So uh, we're really looking forward to it. Nuwana is now ESPN Radio as well as SWX Montana Television. My great friend and colleague, Rajim Seabrook, joining Yo. me in studio. That element, though, I mean, I don't think it's a coincidence that the, Bobby Houck has been involved in these sort of games before and the opposite result of what happened in the regular season happens in the playoffs. I, I do think that the team that loses in the regular season has an advantage in, in the rematch, almost always. For, for both the tangible reasons of... Uh, Game plan advantages like Cam Humphrey's talking about, but also just because of the element of revenge, right? Well, that, and you, it's also the element of how do I make an adjustment as a man and as a coach? Sure. And as the face of a program. Um, it is hard to beat a team once. It is hard to beat a team twice, especially when you have the mad tinker known as Bobby Houck, who does great, <laughs> great uh, adjustments after, after losses. This will be uh, the test for, I think, the coaching staff. How do, you, how do you undo what was already done? 
And I think I think that's the best way to look at it. How do you undo what's already been done? Not how are you going to win the game. Not how, how are you going to undo what's already been done? Question of the day. Exactly. Um, the perspective from Eastern is the chip on your shoulder. I knew that they were going to come out when they didn't get seated. I knew somebody in their program was going to say, hey, we thought we deserved to be seated. I knew that was going to happen because that's the culture in Eastern Washington. That's what they've built. And love it or hate it, the, the swagger that they operate with, the cockiness that they operate with, that's what makes Eastern Washington good. I mean, that's the culture Aaron Best wants it to be. And he's been at Eastern for more than 20 years between his time as a player, offensive line coach, now the head coach. And, uh, I mean, like, when you go to the Big Sky kickoff, the media days, and you see Eastern Washington, they're always hooting and hollering. They're always party boys all over the place. Uh, you know, the, the way that their guys just interact, they're always going to be a little bit more brash than everybody else. And so I knew they are going to have a chip on their shoulder. On the other side, though, when you go two and two down the stretch, that's what costs you a seed. That's what happened to Eastern Washington. They lost back-to-back home games to Weber State and Montana State. It costs you. And Montana, despite their struggles in October, they peaked in November, and that's why the Grizz are the sixth seed. Yeah, they it was a, it, what do they call it? A role reversal of fortune. That's right. So, it's uh, it's the flip of a coin. We uh, we have a great playoff game on on tap. Um, hoping the boys in maroon advance. So we we shall see. Time now for our across the sideline. We usually do this early in the week, but since it's a Friday night game, I caught up with Coach Best on Wednesday. But we decided to save it for today since we're doing a Nuanas now as well as ESPN College Game Day. All-in-one show. Across the sidelines brought to you by Mike Nugent of Berkshire Hathaway Real Estate. The world of real estate always evolving. That's more true now than ever. If you're a longtime Missoulian looking to upgrade or downsize, it might be the best time to sell. If, and if you're in position to buy something new, today might be the best time to buy. No matter what questions you have, commercial or residential real estate, Mike Nugent and the professionals at Berkshire Hathaway in Missoula have your answers. Give Mike a call today, 53110 Excuse me, one eight zero two. That's five three one one eight zero two. And remember, every question is good to ask. Once, twice, three times a lady, I guess. Lucky number three here for us here at Nuanas now. Eastern Washington head coach Aaron Best joining us for the third time this year. But it's a playoff edition this time. Eastern Washington comes to Missoula. Friday night showdown, 7 p.m. Washington Grizzly Stadium between a couple of the best teams, not only in the Big Sky Conference, but in the FCS. And coach, congratulations on moving on in the playoffs last week—a 19 to nine win over Northern Iowa. How you doing? Pretty good. Obviously, winning the playoffs is, is something that, uh, like the regular season, half the teams do. But it means a little bit more, and it means you get advanced. And you're uh, still preparing uh, for for the next one. So this uh, is a big one last week, and you you know as well as everybody, the, the further go, you go in the playoffs, the uh, bigger the games become, and the ramifications are and uh, the the less room for error there is so uh, excited uh, this one will be on the road have been on the road for a while in the playoffs so uh, it's all kind of new to to most of the program but it's exciting against a familiar foe well following eastern washington football for the last 15 or so years I don't know if I've ever seen Eastern win a game 19-9. to So sort of an atypical way of doing things, Coach, but you must have been very pleased with the way your defense played against Northern Iowa in, in the first round. But just take us through the game. I mean, not necessarily the way you guys usually win, but a hard-fought victory nonetheless. Well, you know, and I think having followed a bunch of ball over the years, I'm sure, Coach, you've seen teams uh, that, are the, that are the best teams win in different ways, whether it's special teams, whether it's on the road, whether it's inclement weather, whether it's you know big explosive plays, or um, you know converting on fourth downs, or what, whatever it may be, 
it was a kind of a collected effort this last week where you know it wasn't wasn't a, as an explosive offense we left a few points on the board got a touchdown call back early missed a field goal missed an extra point made a uh, couple big stops on defense in the uh, you know in in the uh, low red zone inside that 10 yard line uh, one to start the game in their first drive that went 90 plus yards uh, played uh, really well against run and defended the pass well with I think uh, school record 12 pass breakups and you wouldn't have thought that going in that Northern Iowa was going to you know throw throw the ball as much as they did but it's a testament to that first down defense they uh, held their 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 own at the line of scrimmage and made Northern Iowa play behind the sticks and it's a, a really good offensive line and you know we we got after the quarterback pretty well so we got him out of the kind of the read run game of things because he was uh, a little bit gimpy throughout the game it's because we you know, got after him a little bit, and uh, you know as well as anybody, momentum kind of is contagious, and all of a sudden there's a lot of energy playing in front of our home fans. You know, two days after Thanksgiving, and and it all kind of came together in a 19 to nine fashion. So, not the score that uh, you're used to maybe covering us for 15 years, but the greatest teams win games in different ways. And we did that on Saturday. Aaron Best joining us here on Across the Sideline on Nuana's Now. He's Eastern Washington's head coach. And your defense coach, I, I've I've seen you guys live now, I guess, three times and then also watched the game on Saturday. And I think you guys are playing awesome defense right now. I'm really impressed with Joshua DeRome. I think he's one of the best interior guys, definitely, uh, that I've seen anywhere in the FCS. And uh, Jack Sendelbach has, has been awesome. I mean, we've had him on this show twice already. A great kid and, and what a great uh, leader and competitor. Kalen Kreiner, I mean, you guys got some significant talent defensively. So it uh, seems like they're really putting it together though so what's been the key to that unit sort of coalescing and, and coming together and how much can that help you now as you embark on another playoff run well i think like you talked about it you know when when you have when you have great teams you got to have great sides of the ball and on those sides of the ball you got to have guys at every level you, you just can't have a couple d linemen and then nobody else making plays and and you talk about kind of the tiers of the defense defensive line linebackers and DB, you got you got some guys that have been around for a long time. That helps. Experience helps. Uh, two of those guys are at backer that are captains, uh, voted on by the team with Ty Graham and Jack Settlebach. And then you got Cal Kreiner wearing number four back there in the back end that, you know, maybe maybe isn't the most uh, imposing guy when you look at him, you know, physically stature wise, but um, he he's kind of the quarterback of the defense when you talk about from the back end. Uh, communicating all the way up to that front line with Josh Rome and Mitchell Johnson and, you know, that, that quartet of guys that, that play up front. And Coach Enda does a great job along with Coach Cobb rotating those guys up front. They've earned reps and they stay fresh uh, as much as they can. And, and, and a ton of guys are contributing to that defensive success and just the cohesiveness, the chemistry, the communication. Those guys believe in each other. Uh, they have since day one, and and you know when when you're, I hate to say it, in the shadows of an offense uh, that that we've had over the years, uh, those guys are out to give respect too. And I think this year they've earned a ton. Uh, they've done it consistent through 12 games. Uh, hasn't been all perfect, and uh, it will never be all perfect. But uh, when you talk about holding the team to seven points in the playoffs. Uh, at home in front of your home fans. I mean, that's that's awesome. It's only been done better before once against Richmond at 16. And so uh, they're putting together performances against great outfits in great environments in, uh, in, in playoff situations, and you can't ask for anything more. Um, it is a highly experienced crew group back there. Uh, we rely on them, and uh, they've been tested throughout the season, and they'll be tested again this, this uh, Friday night against Montana. So um, it's exciting to watch. Those guys... Uh, when they're smiling, things are going good, and they're playing physical, they're playing fast, 
and they're they're ultimately prepared by those coaching coaches on that side of the ball to put them in positions to be successful. The Big Sky Conference gets five teams into the FCS playoffs for the first time, but I thought that uh, each of the five teams in the Big Sky had unique challenges in the draws that they received, both uh, in their first games and then as well as the bracket that might lie ahead. Uh, but, Coach, with your squad, a 9-2 and two team that did beat Montana, what did you think of your draw, and then what do you think of the element of a rematch against the team they've already played this year? Well, you know, obviously uh, you get to those times of the year where any anybody that's a committee, whether it's football, basketball, uh, baseball, hockey, whatever it may be, you're always going to have the, you know, how did this look? Who got in? Who got uh, a seed? Who's playing at home? Who's away? Who's healthy? Who's not? Who's playing the best ball at the end of the year? And let's be honest, you know, we went two and two in our last four games, and uh, you know, we our, our challenges to to peak towards the end of the year. We ran into really, two really good teams in Weber uh, and Montana State, and we didn't play our best ball, uh, regardless of those, you know, the 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 one point effort or you know one point less than Weber or three points less than Montana State. We didn't score more points, and so um, I, I don't think that helped uh, our cause uh, losing against two teams at home uh, at the end of the year. Uh, but gosh, this this bunch was resilient. They went on the road against Davis, a top ten team, and really controlled. They gave up thirteen points on defense and a kick return uh, that, that really goes against the points against defense. But uh, played really, really well. Uh, really, you know, kind of had that game in hand from about the the uh, middle of the third quarter on, and then went to, to Portland State uh, in in you know seeking a seed, and we didn't get the seed. Uh, but it's not the end all be all. Just because you're seeded doesn't mean anything other than you're seeded. And so, uh, no disrespect. Um, we're not going to throw the word snubbed out. We're not going to feel throw the word slide it out. It is what it is. Uh, we play who we play, and we see the bracket, and it's it's one game at a time. You can't worry about the other quadrants in the bracket. Um, you know, the the the, that, the other seven games will work out. You got to be concerned with your game, your prep, um, and uh, we've done a good job thus far in the one uh, test we had this last week. So uh, we got to control our own destiny. That's what it is this time of year, and uh, we get to play on the road against Montana, who we played in uh, week five. So uh, it'll be exciting. Uh, we'll be ramped up. They'll be ramped up. Be a great environment, and uh, it's always uh, it's always it's it's always great to see four teams of the five advance to the second round from the Big Sky Conference. Aaron Best joining us, Eastern Washington head coach here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Coach, what goes into preparing for a rematch? Because this is a, a sort of a rare occasion when uh, not only two teams from the Big Sky Conference, but two teams that played each other already take part in the postseason. So what sort of challenges uh, do you face as you prepare for Montana's second time? What can you take from your 34-28 to 28 win uh, back in October 3rd? What, what changes do you need to make coming into this matchup? Well, you you know, you, you look back at the film, you you always reflect on what you've done, uh, try to make it a little bit better. Uh, the venue is different. So I, I do think there's there's a little bit of a difference in, you know, playing Montana twice in 14, playing Davis twice in, in 18. Those were those all four games, those were at home. This one's a bit different. I don't know if we've ever done that at Eastern where we've played the same team twice but at two different venues uh, in the same season, uh, big sky-wise. And so – um, it, it adds a little extra energy into it, knowing that you're 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 not at home. You're playing a, the same team at a different venue um, in the playoffs, and so uh, you take what you you take away. The teams aren't going to all of a sudden just have a facelift and all of a sudden do something totally different uh, than what they did in the first game. But there'll be tweaks. Uh, you know, they've done some things better. They got on top of Montana State early in that game. Um, I would anticipate they try to get a, uh, a game changer out of the gate in the first couple of series on offense, try to do something. Uh, 
uh, on offense a little bit different to try to spark that crowd, get some energy going, and and uh, kind of roll with uh, the momentum that they uh, try to possess. And so uh, special teams are going to be huge. Coach Hauk is uh, a special teams guru. Uh, he's one of a few in this conference that really, really rely on special teams. It's a well-coached unit. Um, we're not going to be much different than we were. They're not going to be much different than we were. We just got to make difference in a few of the plays in the game, whether it be OD or special teams, that may be factors early uh, that we, we find that, probably end up being factors late. And so um, it's uh, it'll be a tough challenge, obviously, uh, with the crowd. Uh, it'll be a great crowd. Sounds like there's going to be a lot of folks in there. There always is against Eastern Washington. Um, and so uh, we've got our work cut out for us. But uh, yeah, we're, we're not going to be we're, – we're still going to stay our core. They're still going to stay our, stay their core. But there'll be some tweaks and uh, some adjustments throughout the game um, and probably a few prior to the game. So um, eyes, eyes are your best friend. Trust your eyes, trust your gut, trust your prep, and uh, and be the football player that you are. Montana, the defensively, the, the style has been so consistent. The, the, the identity is so defined. I mean, they're just going to bring the heat, and they're going to try to hit you in the mouth. So what do you think of that matchup? Because you guys handled it pretty darn well the first time around. But what, what are the challenges of facing a Grizz defense that, that blitzes and brings as much pressure as they do? Well, I think the, the top two things that come to mind are um, you got to protect the quarterback. So we, we've got to be great and an idea in our protections that are called uh, in the environment we're in and uh, and then stay on uh, the IDs that we have. We, we, we can't have misassignments, um, consistent misassignments over and over in the, uh, the past game, uh, number one. And we did, I thought, a pretty good job of that. Uh, in the first game, it wasn't it, it, as much pressure as they bring, as, as many ways they bring it. Uh, we, we've got to, we've got to, we've got to do a very, very good job of, uh, in a lot of ways, nonverbal communication. And then once we get to the physical element, stay on blocks as long as we can to be able to get that ball delivered uh, by Eric. Uh, secondly, we've got to develop some amount of consistent run game, and I thought that's another thing we did to stay somewhat balanced in that first game. Uh, we didn't get away from the run when we were down. We went to the halftime 24-10. We stayed with the game plan. We made a few plays on defense, which kind of sparked our offense, and we kind of got got into a flow. We kind of dictated the tempo for a better part of the game outside of that kick return late in the game to, to, to make it a one-score game. Um, so uh, we, we've got to stay balanced. We've got to continue to be very productive on first down. We know down a distance isn't really going to change their MO, like you mentioned, on defense. They're going to bring pressure. We need to make sure we execute in pressure up front, deliver the ball on time, catch the ball, get vertical, and break tackles. Um, as simple as that sounds, it's really difficult to do. Uh, but I like our chances with the guys we have, uh, the game plan we have, um, and the trust in each other that we have. So, um, But, again, it's uh, football's game of inches. And uh, inches uh, uh, can do can do weird things when they're keeping score on, on Fridays and Saturday nights. So uh, it'll be a, be a huge test. But uh, they're going to they're gonna do what they do, do best, and uh, huge challenge. They don't give up a ton of, ton of points, not a ton of touchdowns, not a ton of yards uh, because of what they do, and they do it really, really well. I said that eight weeks ago, and I'll continue to say they, their resume is 11 games long, and it's a pretty stout resume against some really good teams. And so – uh, we, we've got to make sure that we, we do what we do at a high clip and a consistent clip to uh, keep them off balance and continue to make plays, get first downs, uh, to put them in situations they don't want to be in. 
Number four, Eastern Washington. At number five, Montana. 7 p.m. Under the lights. Washington Grizzlies Stadium. Going to be a hell of an evening. Aaron Best, Eastern Washington head coach here on Nuanas Now. Coach, so much looking forward to this game. Best of luck on Friday night, and uh, we'll catch up with you soon. Awesome. Thanks, Coach. Appreciate it. Across the sideline, Eastern Washington head coach Aaron Best. What else is new? We're up against it. Going to dive into some hoops and then come back around to the football. Keep it right here. Nuanas Now. After a long couple of months, it's finally feeling like we're getting back to business as usual. But it's not the usual at all. At Missoula's Wingate, we are, as always, committed to giving you a relaxing stay at a great value. But we're also balancing the new guidelines, like maximum pool occupancies and increased disinfecting, to protect your health with a never-ending pledge to make you feel at home when you're not. If you find yourself on the road in the Missoula area, please consider staying with us at Missoula's Wingate. What up? Welcome back. Happy Friday. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television. I'm Coulter Nuanas. Rajim Seabrook joining me in studio. Hey. This is a uh, Nuanas Now and ESPN College Game Day co-show. How about that? Could have done all of our awesome pre- and post-game coverage all season long here in Missoula without the support of awesome sponsors like the Badlander. They were out there every single Saturday slanging the drinks, Twisted Tea, Throwing out all sorts of samples and great swag. Subway Armory, Carl Tyler Chevrolet, RV Truck Sales. They hooked it up with the big toy hauler that we broadcast from the back of. Ryan Holloway and Miller, your Montana attorneys. Pepsi Cola, proud supporter of youth athletics around the state of Montana. And, of course, Alpine Touch, Montana's special spice. We step outside of football just for a moment, though. I was down at Dahlberg Arena last night. Got the Lady Grizz. Uh, back and forth game with Sacramento State for the first uh, about 18 minutes, and then with about two minutes to go in the first half, the Lady Grizz went on a little spurt to take the lead. Then the third quarter, they just hammered the gas. They scored about 20 out of 22 points, and they took a six-point lead and opened it all the way up as to as many as 23. They end up winning the game 75-59, but a great defensive effort, and at least for portions of the game, a great offensive effort as well. More importantly, though, a big night for Brian Holzinger. His first Big Sky Conference game at Dahlberg Arena. The place was rocking. He was impressed. We caught up with him after the win. So good to be at home. Are you kidding? Um, the crowd was awesome. I, we're building this thing, man. This thing, I want this thing packed, sold out. Like, let's, 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 I mean, these guys are fun to watch. We're going to get, we're going to continue to get better. I'm just really proud of our kids. We, you know, we went four on the road. We got to come home. It's a weird date for a, for a conference game. And so all of a sudden you're like, usually, you know, you have Christmas and you're like, okay, here we go. Well, this is a, this is a weird weekend. And so I, I, I tried to teach them earlier this week. I said, this game is more important than Gonzaga. They're, then they're kind of like, no, I'm like, it's more important. This sure. means more than that game did. And so try to give them the perspective on what that means and what the conference means. And and so I think they did a good job tonight. We came out a little bit, um, I don't know what you want to call it, but uh, we stayed calm. And, you know, I was telling somebody over here, those moments when things aren't going great at the start, I'm usually my calmest where I'm like, it's okay, it's fine. It's when it's the battle when I'm, I'm fired up. So it was good. I was good, glad to see our kids. We executed. We got good shots. We just didn't hit them. So. Do you think some of that wide-eyed aspect maybe played into it a little bit coming in? You know, they're jump out to a 12-2 start, and then I you know, think Sac State didn't. They finished the f- first quarter without scoring for six minutes, so it felt like, you know, after they settled in, things kind of clicked. Yeah, we got to the media timeout, and then we made it real clear in the timeout <laughs> what the defense 
defense needs to do. You know, um, zone helped. We, we, we've used the zone off and on here. We used it really successfully down to Phoenix against Houston Baptist when we weren't playing great. And so, um, you know, they're a load, though. I mean, the kid in the middle did a good job. We had to do some adjustments at halftime just to, to make sure she didn't just turn around and lay it up against us. And so, yeah, I, I think for sure being at home the first time in front of a crowd's like, wow, okay. And we got going and we started playing better. When it was 30 to 30 and then he pulled away, I mean, it was like 30 something to six runs. So, what was the key to that? Um, defense. It's just getting stops and rebounds. It really is. Um, I knew at some point uh, we would hit shots. We would start hitting some shots. Um, Sammy. You're not going to hold Sammy back forever, and so at halftime we kind of put her in, in a few different spots where I thought she could she could make some baskets and try to help her. And so she got going, then Haley Hewer got going off the bench. But ultimately, none of that happens if you don't hold them to six, right? So we just kind of got gritty on defense. You could see our focus was a little bit better, our intensity was a little bit better, and that's why I just told him. I said, "Can you imagine if we could play with that kind of focus and intensity?" for 36 minutes instead of, like, the one stretch that we did, you know, that actually won the game for us. So, Was Sac State what you expected, or how did it compare in terms of what Mark Campbell did and, and just what they did schematically, all that sort of stuff? Yeah, they, I mean, they did. I mean, he, it, we've been we've battled each other for Forever, years, right? right? Yeah. For years. It's kind of funny seeing him on the other side. And Javi, too, his assistant. Sure. Mignon, I coached against her when she was at Oregon, right? And at USC. So we, we, we go back a long ways. And so on balls are something they use, work on on balls, on balls, on balls over and over. And he does it really well. He coaches it really well. Coach was Brandy Bennett down at St. Mary's, who sure. does a great job down there. And so he just teaches it really well. Um, and so we knew what they were going to do. Uh, we just wanted to mix it up here and there and and you know we worked on on ball defense all week and sometimes we were good and sometimes we we're bad so we just got to get consistent in those areas but yeah he he does a good job with that team no question kind of beginning of the year you talked about defense kind of being the big thing i think it was after the scrimmage have you seen growth you know since the scrimmage to now have you have you seen kind of what you're looking for there absolutely schematically especially um just how to do the right things how we guard on balls how we help here how do we double here how do we do this like being able to make adjustments in a game which is really key when it comes to really good teams you have to be able to make an adjustment because coaches are good coaches will figure something out and then if you don't adjust you'll get beat and so they've been better at that more than anything so if we can continue to continue continue to execute our system and be able to adjust and then play hard all the time, we'll be pretty good, I think, defensively by the, you know, by mid-conference. I know there's only one conference game now until you go back in the non-conference, but just the way that this turnaround works, how important is it to sort of enjoy this for a minute, but also then get ready for Saturday? It's sort of a learning experience for what lies ahead in January through March, right? No question. Um, and this is so different. It's so funny because I always think Friday, Sunday. For 13 sure. years, I was right. Friday, Sunday. And so I'm like, Thursday, Saturday, they have school tomorrow? So I can't. Like, it's a totally different preparation sure. thing because they they have school tomorrow. So our practice time is at the regular time when usually we do it in the morning. It's just a different thing. But for us, like I told them, enjoy it. I won't enjoy it. I'm going to go I'm gonna go watch the games right now. So I'm, I'm going to go back on it, and we're going to get to work. But these guys, enjoy it rest how they take care of themselves i told them you know like to be a great team you got to take care of yourselves some people played some long minutes tonight and so you got to rest relax and then we got to continue to get bench production which we did tonight i think we had five and double figures which was great 
This is your first time in a conference game at this arena. So what was going through your head beforehand? And how did it compare to what you maybe expected? Yeah, and it was unique, right? Like, because him, because Mark and sure. I have competed for years, I mean, right. years and years. And so that was kind of a cool thing in some ways, as long as you win, I guess, right? Sure. <laughs> you, know, you get beat, you're like, uh. But the, the fans, it's a different level. Like, the fans are more into it. Sure. There's more people here. It just matters more. They know who the refs are. Yeah. So they're getting after the refs a little bit yeah. more. <laughs> yeah. And But that's, again, why I said in the summer why I wanted to be here. Like, even their, you know, their assistants and their some of their players are just kind of looking around like, wow, like, this is, you know, they don't have this at Sac State. They just don't. And so it's it's impressive to come here. I don't care who it is. Even Gonzaga was like, geez. Right. Like, it's it's intense here. So that's why I think the sky's the limit for this program. What, you know, we have the support. We're going to go recruit the players. Um, we can be as good as anybody, in my opinion. So Refreshing to hear because uh, I've thought that for a long time. The Lady Grizz have been as good as anybody before. Can they return to that level? Not saying they're there yet, but they're off to a good start, and the Brian Holzinger era is off to a good start as well. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television. I'm Coulter Nuanas, Regime Seabrook, joining me in studio. Back in the football mode, Montana State plays Tennessee Martin. What do we know about the Skyhawks? What's Brent Vegan think about the matchup? Bobcats versus UTM. A little preview. Next, keep it right here, ESPN Radio. At Blackfoot Communications, our mission is to connect people, businesses, and communities to their networks in Montana and beyond. Through Blackfoot sponsorships, local ambassadors, and public programs, we support initiatives such as the Emergency Broadband Benefit, fiber deployments, and community events. For information on our commitment to improving our communities with fast, reliable, and secure internet access, go to blackfootcommunications.com slash news. ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. Audio slave for you coming back. Don't worry, bro. We're grooving in the second hour. I don't like the second word of that name. <laughs> That's true. Amen Come to that. On, I should I should have laughed. I was laughing before you told you. I know. We're good. I, that was low-hanging fruit, fella. <laughs> uh, Nuan is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. My good friend Rajim Seabrook in studio yep. with me. Getting you all prepped up for tonight's Grizz football game, but there's also a playoff game three, uh, 200 miles to the east, excuse me. Other side of the Continental Divide, Bobcat Stadium, Montana State, hosting Tennessee Martin on Saturday, 2 p.m. kickoff. Tennessee Martin for six turnovers last week and went to Missouri State and pulled an upset. Missouri State's very good. Missouri State was number 10 in the country coming into last week, so that basically means they were just a couple spots away from getting one of those playoff seeds. Uh, they had a really good year, 8-3, and three, but... Tessie Martin comes all the way back, rallies for a 32-31 victory, the first ever playoff win for the Skyhawks. Usually we hear from the opposing coaches from every team that plays both Montana and Montana State. Tessie Martin, their sports information director, told me they have hardly ever had any media coverage whatsoever, so they didn't really even know how to deal with media requests. 
So he apologized, but he said, "I uh, we we dropped the ball. We didn't get anybody on the show for you. Sorry about it. But, uh, well, of course, we'll always have those uh, subjects, but just sort of a state of affairs. But, I mean, 6,500-person school uh, in a town of 11,000 people in the middle of nowhere in Tennessee, so it's not necessarily... Not uh, a hotbed not is a what hot you're bed. trying to say. And I, I you can't fault coaching the program for not knowing what they just don't know. They've not had that uh, type of success that would predicate them having those experiences. So um, I think it's a funny story, but I think it's a beautiful, like, small-town innocent story at the same time. The most interesting part about this game is twofold. On one hand, and we're going to get into this a little bit more in the second hour, both teams with a little bit of mystery at quarterback – Matt McKay, Montana State starter, entered the NCAA transfer portal yesterday. He's out. He's not on the team anymore. He's not part of the program. He will not dress tomorrow. He's not part of Bobcat football anymore. Myself at SkylineSportsMT.com reporting that Tommy Malott will start tomorrow, Butte's finest, uh, and that's been the case. I think that Malott was going to be the starter in this game before McKay left. McKay struggled a lot this last month, and I think they were biding their time and trying to get the freshmen ready uh, before – the playoff was upon them, and now they had two weeks off, and so I think they pulled the trigger earlier this week, and uh, then that results in McKay leaving. But on the Tennessee Martin side of things, uh, Dresser Wynn was an all-Ohio Valley performer as a sophomore. Then he suffered a shoulder injury that cost him more than a year, and then when he came back last spring, he broke his foot. Slow to recover. In the meantime, Keon Howard is a transfer from Tulane. Anyway. Joins the program, wins the starting job, and Wynn has to take a back seat. Well, then Keon Howard gets hurt in Tennessee Martin's season finale against uh, Southeast Missouri, and Wynn comes off the bench against Missouri State and throws for 295 yards, two touchdowns, looks a lot better. Uh, look, I shouldn't say a lot better. Keon Howard was the Ohio Valley Player of the Year, so he had a great year. But that's a, actually a huge factor in this game because Wynn is a good quarterback, an all-conference caliber quarterback, and... Howard, nobody knows his status. That's one of the advantages when you don't have any media coverage. Nobody knows who's going to play. So Bobcats probably spent all week preparing for two quarterbacks, and the thing about it is they're drastically different. Keon Howard is a zone read, dual threat. He's going to run the ball a ton. He scored 10 rushing touchdowns this year, whereas Wynn, 6'4", 230-pound pocket guy, he's not going to go anywhere, but he's got a big arm, throws the ball down the field. So Montana State actually probably had a, a tough week of prep. Uh, that is a tough week of prep. You know, being a coach myself, when you're trying to, to, to prep, you you like being able to hone in on one guy. At the end of the day, they both play the same position regardless of their style. I think that I think that uh, MSU will be more than prepared to deal with that. What does it make you? It kind of puts you on your heels, but it kind of keeps you on your toes at the same time. So it'll be interesting to see how they adjust uh, pending who's at the helm for UTM. Brett Vegan addressed that exact dynamic earlier this week, Montana State's head football coach. Yeah, that's a good question because I think they would differ a little bit based on who's playing quarterback. Um, you know, they're, they're from a run perspective, um, more of a zone team. Um, and then, you know, I know in the game on Saturday in particular, it was it was about finding one-on-one matchups, um, in, in particular with Williams. I, I know if, if uh, you know, Howard's playing quarterback, um, you know, quarterback run would be a much bigger part. They really didn't run uh, the quarterback much the other day. Um, 
And, you know, again, it was, was, was their type of offense in that game dictated by how Missouri State played. I mean, they had plenty of one-on-one matchups they were getting in that game. Um, so they were able to throw the ball down the field. I think they would, you know, potentially look at us a little bit differently um, than the amount of one-on-ones, the amount of man coverage that we play relative to what Missouri State plays, I think, is, is different. But, uh, you know, decent balance. Uh, you know, certainly two backs that have a um, good good amount of yardage along with a quarterback if Howard were to play that uh, I think rushed for just uh, just under 500 yards. So um, a lot of different threats, I guess, would be the way I'd Montessa head coach Brett Vegan. Here's his thoughts on the Bobcats being into the FCS playoffs. Vegan's been in the FCS playoffs several times. He's at North Dakota State uh, under Craig Bull and uh, was part of three national championship runs there at NDSU. So he's familiar with this format. Here's his thoughts on what it means for the Bobcats to be in the foot in the FCS playoffs for the 11th time in program history. Well, it's it's winner go home. Um, so I don't you know preparation our model. You hope you develop a pretty consistent model of how to prepare for your game on Saturday. Um, I certainly hope you you leave it all out there every Saturday we play. Um, but I, you know, the the finality of of it, you know, with uh, with the result, um, you know, I, I suppose creates a little bit more urgency. But you know, in all likelihood, you know, we I think we have a pretty mature team that. You know, I think he's gone about our business pretty consistently. And, and I know last week was different when you don't know necessarily who you're going to play. But now that we know our opponent and we're in a game week, um, it's very much the same. You know, I, I think I think that competitiveness um, that we're consistently trying to find, who you know, who's going to go out there and compete the best, you know, last week did give us some opportunities to maybe look at a little bit of that. You know, I, I, in particular, I think... Uh, you know, special teams were, you know, I think we struggled more in special teams than any other game that we had to this point. And, and so we need to we need to find guys that are going, going to go out there and, and value those reps and, and and get the ball carrier down, cover. And, and you know, we need, to, we need to get the return games going. So um, I don't know. I mean, I, I think it allowed for some potential change, but I don't think as, as we're in the game week, we look at it much differently. The key factor for Montana State Saturday has nothing to do really with any form of execution. Obviously, you have to execute to play well in the playoffs in this time of year. But it really just comes down to remembering. Remembering what got them to this point. MSU won nine games in a row. They climbed up to number three in the national rankings. You can say, you know, tight-knit team, good chemistry, good leadership, all that stuff. They have all that, no question. But more than anything, Montana State's got a bunch of really good players. They got a bunch of dudes that everybody else doesn't have. There's not very many players in the United States of America at their respective positions better than Troy Anderson or Chase Benson or Daniel Hardy or Isaiah Afonso or Lance McCutcheon. So there's a lot of drama with the Bobcat quarterback, Matt McKay, leaving the program. I don't think it hurts them that much. I actually think it gives them a little bit more consistent of an identity. For what this team is, the tough style they play on defense, the bruising run game they employ offensively, it's about, I think, that having a hard-nosed, like, running-style quarterback actually fits the identity. I mean, don't you think you've coached against Tommy Mallott? Don't you think for what the Bobcats want to be about, he's a better fit? He's a better fit socially. He's a better fit athletically. He's a better fit culturally. He's a better fit... 
period for this program. And 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 even though there's drama, as you just said, it's one less distraction during a time when you need to be distraction free. Yeah. One less drama, one less headache. And I'll be honest, no knock to the to the young man that entered the portal, but just wasn't stable. Just wasn't, I don't think, ready for this level of football and for what Montana State needed of him and asked and asked of him, just wasn't able to step up to the plate. That's a very perceptive, perceptive thing that you just said because that's exactly true. I, I, I've thought this all along. I've thought that Matt McKay has great skill. Absolutely. I mean, he's 6'4", 210 pounds. He's a former four-star recruit. He went to North Carolina State out of high school. Yep. But he's a dude from Raleigh, North Carolina. I've never seen a dude from that far away that has come out here to play. It's a lot. I mean, California and Texas are far. Raleigh, North Carolina is the other side of the world. It's 2,500 miles away. Yeah, I have a lot of family from North Carolina. Yeah. And and that is a uh, – the Southern culture is a culture into its, unto itself. And when you go from – you know the southeast to the Rocky Mountains of the Northwest. It's a, it's a, it takes a minute to acclimate. You're used to having your people there. You're used to kind of being rallied around. And when you're 27, almost 3,000 miles away from home, it takes a minute to adjust for a young anyone, young or or much or mature. But I just don't think he ever got his feet under him. Uh, it's a much different climate, so to say. No, no, no pun intended, and every pun intended, and it just didn't work out for him. But at the end of the day, I think Tommy will work out better now in the interim and going forward. New on is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Bobcats, the eighth seeded Montana State, they take on Tennessee Martin tomorrow, 2 p.m. We're making the trek over in the morning. It's gonna be very fun. I've never actually covered two playoff games involving the Grizzlies and the Bobcats. In the same weekend before. Usually we always have to pick and choose which game we're going to go to or stay at. We get to hit them both up, so that'll be very fun. So a full coverage for you of tomorrow's game, including as especially of tonight's game as well. Hour one in the books, hour two coming at you. What are some of the key matchups? What does Bobby Houck think of the rematch? What will be the keys to victory for either the visiting Eastern Washington Eagles or the Montana Grizzlies tonight? Keep it right here, ESPN Radio. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 